Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. in the Successful Mind Podcast. Today, I have the amazing Ian Lenhart, who is the host of Len Jones' Party of Two, which is, in a, like, if you guys have not been watching Len Jones' Party of Two podcast, you've got to go and check it out. It is absolutely amazing. It's one of my new favorite podcasts. Um, and today, we have Ian on. How you doing, man? Living the dream. I'm so grateful to be here, David. I mean, you've always been an inspiration to me. You're an absolute legend in the, in the coaching and leadership and mindset. So it is an honor to be blessed here with your amazing audience and to share some time and share some good vibes. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. And, and it's really cool. And I remember when we had our first conversation, when we met, we kind of have this very similar background, you know, that I thought was really cool in the direct sales MLM community and kind of building up from there because uh, that was how I got my whole start in in mindset and business and um, it was it was wild like it was it was such an amazing experience so well, I want to ask you like how what was your introduction into like success for yourself what was your journey tell us your journey yeah totally I uh, like you I also got started in, in the direct sales industry by accident uh, I, you know, when I was younger, like much, much younger, a wee little, wee little Jones and guys, my name's Ian Lenhart, but my alter ego is, is Len Jones. And, and there's a, there's more to that story. So if I, if I use the term Jones a lot, that's where that is. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, when I was young, I've, I've always been obsessed with like aquariums and marine biology and fish like that. So I actually started a fish tank cleaning business when I was, uh, end of, uh, junior high school, like junior high school, high school type type time and had about 10, 15 clients uh, cleaning fish tanks. And that was really my start to the whole entrepreneurial venture. I've always been, you know, overall business minded. Uh, pretty, some, some pretty hilarious stories when you're out there just trying to make things work, you know, in some weird people's houses, cleaning tanks, let me tell you. Yeah. But uh, from there, I went to school at UNH. And during my junior year of college, during the summer, I got a text from someone saying, I have something you'd be dank at. Now, I didn't know if I was selling drugs, but I was broke and I was open, you know? So I was like, all right, let's check it out. That's how I ended up getting enrolled in, in a direct sales company. Fast forward, grew the team to 1,600 people, you know, hit a six-figure income in college. Life was insane. And then the company gets shut down overnight, lost a check, everything. I was like, oh, damn. And that kind of propelled me. I, I like to think about the direct sales industry as sort of that gateway drug into entrepreneurship. Would you agree? It was for me. And, and so many people that I know came in that way. It was great. Totally. And then from there, I, you know, there's a lot of positives about that industry, but there's some things, you know, I don't necessarily love. And, and I love other types of business as well. And that's what led me into really wanting to get into the startup community. Uh, I got started as the, as the first employee with a company called Trueface, been with them for, for five years uh, and went through that journey, built the team out to 16 full time, went through an accelerator in San Francisco, which is basically startup school. And they teach you how to scale a business. Uh, and then seeing the correlation between traditional startups and direct sales and how they interlink is beautiful, in my opinion. Fast forward to all this time, uh, I actually be started an online coaching company called Network Podcasting. 
which just teaches people how to do what Dave's doing right now. You know, build a podcast, build a community, build a tribe, share what you're passionate about, connect with amazing humans. Because in my opinion, there is nothing better in this world than having a meaningful, deep conversation with, with somebody that you're genuinely interested. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. How do, so this, I think this is interesting and I want to make sure that we get this. Um, being in, like having spent years in, in direct sales, multi-level, I also know that it's, it is actually a rare thing to see somebody build an organization to 1,600 people and have one as successful as yours. So let's just touch on that for a moment because was, that, was there a learning curve? Was there a struggle in doing the outreach, having, you know, talking to people, selling? Was that a struggle for you at all or did that seem like a natural fit for your personality? You know, I was just having so much fun. Like when I heard about the just idea that you can, you know, share a product. And if that one person shares it with 10 people, your team grows to 10 plus more people. That to me was incredible. The idea that everybody wins. I was so on board with that. So like you can hear kind of the stoke level in me. And I was just, I didn't know what I was doing, first of all, but I just took so much like imperfect action. And I remember I brought six people into my fraternity at the time, didn't know what to say, but I took the, their main product, poured vodka in it and created like a healthy energy drink vodka and said, <laughs> hey guys, let's drink this. It's way healthier for us and we can get paid. And that was the pitch. And like, who do you know that would want to get paid to drink vodka with a healthy energy drink. <laughs> right. And it was just like wildfire. Six told six told six. And in two weeks, we ran two events inside of our library. And it expanded from six people to 144 people. And what we did was we had all these people with, with their computers Skyping people into these home events and these meetings. So then we were tapping into different schools in different areas. And you never know what area is going to blow up. You have no idea. It's right. like if you play the game, you put yourself in a position to possibly get lucky. We ended up building a, a huge team. And then, you know, the rest is history. You know, you know what, when I remember being so resistant, because I was working at a petroleum company at the time, and the guy who was my direct boss in that company, he kept trying to get me to go to a dinner meeting. And I'm like, dude, I don't want anything to do with this shit. Like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> right. And then one day, one day he like had worn me down. Actually, what happened was I'm at work. He gives me two cassettes. And they, he says, you're, he said, I know you like follow Tony Robbins and stuff. He goes, but did you ever hear this guy? And on the cassettes, it said Bob Proctor live in Orlando. And I'm like, no, I've never heard of him. He's like, well, just listen to these. He's like, if this resonates with you at all, would you at least do me the favor of coming out to dinner and hearing about this? I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I get in the car and go home and I put those cassettes in and I was floored. Like I would, my mind was blown. I'm like, I have to meet this guy. I want to hear what this is about. And that was it. Like I, I drank the Kool-Aid. I was in hundred percent. I thought I won the lottery. I mean, it was the most exciting thing that I have ever done in my life. And then I was hooked. That became a, I became a business junkie. Uh, after that. So it, it, it really is. But when I meet someone like you that has the excitement and the enthusiasm for life and for business and for creating things and moving forward and like, and, and you're relatively young, right? How old are you? I'm uh, 27. You're 27. So when I was 27, I just started 
uh, when I was 27, I went to my first Tony Robbins event. So I started down that road when I was 27 years old. Like by the time you're 35, you'll probably be a billionaire, man. It, if I had, had to, like started as early as you, I think it's absolutely uh, uh, fantastic. So what are you, what has all this morphed into you? Because you have an amazing podcast. How'd you get started in that? You know, that's a great question. I got to say, man, I just love speaking with you. You have such good energy and, and I love the way you just clearly depict what you go through. You have a very good gift for communication. So I just want to call that out. But what got me into podcasting? Great question. So I, ultimately, I really want to become, you know, an, in, like an online marketing beast, right? I really want to, to build a, a massive online company. It's, it's what my goal is over the next three to five years. But one thing that you have to do when you get into online marketing is you really have to pick a niche. You know, you really have to pick a specific area that you're targeting, whether that be network marketers, whether that be people that own aquariums, whether that be people that are building, you know, an online sales community, whatever it may be, you have to target a niche. For me, I didn't know what my niche was. And it was killing me, man. I was like, what's going to be my niche? Like, what's the one thing I'm going to talk about every single day? And I was like, this can't be the answer. This can't be the only answer. Because I didn't know. I was into too many things. I was into startups. I was into uh, brick and mortar businesses. I was into affiliate marketing, uh, Patreon, uh, network marketing, conservation, and people that are raising wild cheetahs in South Africa. You know, I'm into all these different things. How can I combine all of those into one platform? That's where podcasting came in. My sole intention when starting a podcast was to speak to the five or 10 biggest thought leaders and all of the things that I found interesting to hopefully, and this was my theory, to hopefully get stoked and excited enough on one topic that I could niche down. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. So, so, cause you teach people how to, how to do a business podcasting, mm-hmm. right? Like for like soup to nuts, correct? Absolutely. What is, um, where, where is podcasting today? Like right where we are now in the middle of the, the COVID virus, so many people are podcasting. Um, what does that opportunity look like? What do you see going forward with that? Yeah, it's interesting. That's a great question. I mean, there's definitely been an overall shift away from mass media, especially over the past few years. And people are looking more and more for the source of truth. And in terms of getting that source of truth, people are turning to podcasting because typically they find one or two podcasters they really like, and they use that podcaster as that source of truth. I mean, Joe Rogan is the perfect example. He's a mogul, but people are actually learning and getting interesting information on the world by listening to his podcast. So the other thing is, is, you know, we live in a squirrel economy. You know, everybody's attention is everywhere. Yeah. It takes so much effort to number one, read an entire blog post right? It's just like strains your eyes for the most part. It also takes a lot more effort, a lot less, but to watch a video because it takes all your attention to watch that video. And then you get a text and your attention gets diverted. In this squirrel economy, podcasting is the new blog. Like when you are multitasking and you have somebody in your ear, I can do the dishes. I can go to the gym. I can go commute. I can be working while listening to a podcast. So it super transcends all the other modern day activities. Now, there's so many different ways I would say. Every, I think everybody should have to start a podcast. I mean, if I started a podcast in, say, college, it would have saved me a ton of time and a ton of money. 
because I would have figured out what I was passionate about sooner. Yeah. But overall, I just think that right now we are in a position that people are leaning more and more to find the source of truth. And, and instead of looking at typical news channels to find that truth, they're looking at podcasters. And, and most of the people that you're interviewing, like I, would, I was actually watching the one this morning that you did with Brad Lee. And I love that guy. And I was just on his podcast about a week ago, which is Dropping Bombs podcast. He's amazing. But yeah, he is. He's, he's a cool dude. Um, you really get into these deep concepts about success and, and what it actually takes to become successful. So what is your, what is your viewpoint on success and, and, and mindset and get, you know, getting you yourself to do um, what in a lot of cases, I think people find very difficult. Like there is this, I've always found this very interesting about, about mindset and people who study mindset to become successful. And that is the major question is how do I get myself to do that? How do I get myself to think that way and, and hold it every day? How do I get myself to do the actual work um, that I want to do? And I wanted to hear what your, what is your, what is your philosophy on this? How do people totally. get themselves to do it? That's a great question. I mean, first of all, you got to get excited about the end goal, not the startup. Because what kills people mostly is the vanity metrics. You put out your first piece of content, it gets no views, no likes, no shares whatsoever. And then you take that personally and it just shuts you down, right? That's what happens to 95% of people that start a business, start anything of value, a podcast, a blog, a YouTube. They just give up immediately because they get no traction. So you need to sell out on the vision. And the number one thing that all of these successful people share, they're not smarter than us. They're not better looking than us. They're not more talented than us. They're not better speakers than us. They're not better entertainers than us. Is that they're stupidly consistent. And I mean that is that you don't have to be intelligent to be successful. You have to be very, very consistent. You have to show up and you have to stand the test of time. I use this method, I use this, this analogy I, I sort of created called the Kapok tree. And uh, the Kapok tree, if you don't know what a Kapok tree is, it's, it's the biggest tree in the Amazon rainforest. It's an absolute, oh, yeah, I didn't know that. It's an absolute glorious tree. I mean, it okay. towers over all the other trees. And I want you to think about your business and your pursuit and your startup as a Kapok tree. Now, let's just, for stylistic terms, let's just compare one year to 10 years because obviously trees take forever to grow. So when you first start your podcast or you first start your company, you're going to put in one year of effort and you're going to maybe attract D players into your Kapok tree. You're going to get some lizards, some birds. They're going to be like, yo, nice tree, man. I find this, this works out. You're going to find it very easy to connect with D players. Once you're consistent for a year, you put out 50 episodes, 80 episodes, You've been blogging for a year. You've been building your YouTube channel for a year. You've been building your business for a year. All of a sudden, the C players that have also kind of been around that, that timeline are going to start taking you seriously. And you're going to find it very easy to send that DM on Instagram and get that response. And all of a sudden, you got like, you know, some orangutans coming out and they're like, yo, this tree is fantastic. I'm trying to hang out in this tree. You know, you're building some solid roots here. You got a foundation. <laughs> If you stick with it for three more years, you're going to be bringing on B players. You're going to be collaborating with B players. Your business is going to be booming at that point. You're going to be able to bring on, you know, amazing diversity of guests and students and people. But you've been putting three years of consistent action to get to this point. 
And then finally, if you're actually consistent for 10 years, for a decade, you're bringing on the Eagles. You're bringing on the top of the food chain, the A players, the David Neagles, you know, <laughs> the Gary V's, the Tony Robbins. Yeah. You're bringing on the best players. So the number one thing I would say is be unbelievably consistent. Don't try to be fancy. And my favorite quote I've ever heard is B minus work changes lives. You don't need to put out A plus work. If you just put out a MVP, you know, a minimum viable product consistently over time, you'll iterate on it and it'll get better. But just B minus work changes lives. Like it doesn't need to be perfect. So stop being perfect. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. When, when people think about podcasts and monetizing them, what, do you, what, do you, what advice do you give people on that? Like, what can people realistically expect if, they, if they're consistent, like you're talking about, which I totally agree with, like consistency is everything. Um, what, what can they expect to monetize? Or monetize it. Yeah, absolutely. Monetization is a tough conversation in podcasting. And that's the reality. Number one, typically when you think of monetization, you think of okay, if I get a bunch of people to listen to my podcast, advertisers are going to pay me. I'm going to display their ads and I'm going to get paid. Wrong. It's harder than that. You know, for every thousand views or downloads on your podcast, you know, you'll get $15 on average from a podcast. That is tough. Okay. Let me tell you, there are so few podcasts in this world that are getting over 10,000 downloads a month. Very few. And if you think about 10,000 times $15 or, or 10 times 15, it ain't a lot of money. Now right. that allows us to get creative. Okay. Cause there's some podcasts that only have 50 listeners, but they're very loyal listeners. So what you could do is you could say, Hey, Mr. Company, I'm going to get a specific, you know, discount code or whatever coupon code. And I'm going to do a collaboration with you. And for every sale I drive using my code, I'm going to get $300. Now, if you get 10 sales on that at $300, you just made, you know, $3,000, right? So you can make some good money there by doing strategic partnerships. Now, the other thing I like to think about is podcasting is your top of the funnel for trust. If you really want to monetize your podcast, you need to have something on the side that you're driving people towards. You know, like use your podcast as a platform to get people to, to learn about you. Feel like, you know, be in their ear, be their friend. Yeah. So like consulting is huge. If you're a consultant, podcasting's unbelievable. Because they're like, oh, I listen to you any day. Like, I would love to do your coaching program or I'd love to buy your course or I would love to do business with you. That's the way I have people and my students think about podcasting because when they think about it like that, they're much more consistent. They're much more excited about building that ground root foundation. And once you build trust and once you build your tribe and once you build your audience, different opportunities are going to fly at you. I had, uh, I had somebody who is starting a podcast and they said to me, how do I get, how do I get to make like 30 million like Rogan does from his? And I said, you realize how long Rogan has been doing his podcast, you know, three episodes a week for what it's like 10, 11 years now that he's been, that he's been doing that. Um, and I don't think people realize that that consistency in time and building that loyal following is what attracts advertisers to be able to, to be, pay you that kind of money. I, I don't remember what the statistic was, but I heard that something along the lines to what you were saying, that most podcasts make nothing and they never will. 
because they they just don't they just don't have the 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 consistent following. What do you think about people that charge for a podcast, like a subscription, like Ryan Rose does with um, with London Real? I think it's very creative. I think all the power to them. If you can build a model like that that doesn't turn off your audience, then all the power to you. Like communities are really big right now, Facebook yeah. communities and building online communities and there's a lot of successful people that run paid online communities. You know, that that business model fascinates me. You know, people will pay $50 a month to be inside of a community of like-minded individuals or $500 a month or 1000 a month and you get 50 people in that community, it's a very big business. And if there's the right value being shared in there, then it can be amazing. So I think absolutely, if you can pull that off, go right ahead, but you need to be qualified to pull that off. Does that make sense? Like, Elaborate on that one. Go deeper on that. So much people get started and they're not qualified yet. They haven't built businesses. They haven't been super successful. They don't have clout. They don't have skin in the game. They don't have a resume of successfully doing what they're talking about. And then they try to monetize their podcast. Now, if somebody comes in and has built a multi-mega million dollar business over X amount of years, knows everything there is about it, he can come in years, month six and implement a program like that and crush it. It's not about, it's about who you are when you get started. It's about where everybody's at a different level. You know, you need to know where you're at. You know, maybe five years from now or X amount of years when I've been more consistent and I've built more of a resume that is deep and meaningful and it just continues to expand, I will be able to do more things like that. But I just think that there's too many coaches teaching people that they haven't even done it themselves. Does that make sense? Yes, 100%. When I got involved in the, in the coaching industry, there, I mean, it was just the old timers. You know, it was Robbins and Proctor and Jim Rohn and, you know, those guys. There, there were not many coaches out there at all. And it's an industry that has completely exploded um, with people that really have never done anything. Like, they're trying to build their success in coaching itself, selling success, but they've never really built anything outside of it. They're just passionate about the, about the information. So it's, it's a very fascinating industry because there are people that, like, they, they have the technical know-how. They have the intellectual um, information around how to be successful, but they haven't actually applied it to their life outside of what they're doing in the, in the coaching industry. So it's, it's, it really is kind of fascinating. And the problem with that though, is that they have no experience around the advice that they're giving you. They have, they haven't actually experienced what it's like to go through and build something and scale something and go through hardships and go through economic changes, you know, so they're just giving you like reading from a textbook, you know, information, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's, I think people the resume, the way that you put it with, with the resume, I think is very, very important. And I do think that people really need to understand, they need to get off this idea of getting rich quick in 24 hours and, and ask themselves, what, what are they doing for the long haul? Like how committed are they to what they say that they want? And, and are, they, are they willing to be patient enough to put in the time, the work and the growth, you know, really have a growth mindset around what they're doing and learn everything that they can in order to make it something that is really special. It's so true. And I just shot you a DM uh, on this chat. Just, I want you to check that out real quick so you're aware. But the issue about getting rich quick is that you lose it quick. You know, 
I lost it quick. You remember when I said I built a team of 1,600 people? Yeah. I lost it. When the company shut down, like I hit the big ranks. I thought I was the man and I stopped working. I didn't have a foundation. I was on quicksand and I lost it. So you need to be very calculated and understand if you do get rich quick, unless it's like Bitcoin, which is just like a random thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those dudes, good for them. Yeah. But if you get rich quick, you will probably lose it quick. So build the foundation, eliminate quickness and luck from the equation, guarantee your success. All the successful people say, if you just put out more value and you help more people get to where they want, you're going to get to where you want. You know, it's just the natural progression of value. Build that value chain, build the foundation and get so excited and hyped up on the foundation. And that's why I'm so like impressed with what you've done because you built a great foundation just throughout your life and business and all of your different ventures. Yeah, the, the, the one thing that, that I've been for 20 years is extremely consistent. Like we've, we've never stopped. We've always kept moving forward, always kept growing, always try to, to better our best. Have by any chance have you seen the, the, the series that's on right now, The Last Dance, about Michael Jordan's last year in pro ball? I haven't. Explain. You, you should check it out. It's on ESPN. They're doing two episodes every Sunday night. This coming Sunday is uh, the last the last one. It's a total of 10 episodes. But they're really so, – and, and they interview Jordan all through this, but they also interview all the people that were around him and played with him during his last year of ball. And it, it takes you through his whole career. But over and over and over again, the other top players in the world, when they were interviewed about him, they said that the one thing about this guy, outside that he was – he had an extraordinary level of competition, but his mindset was to bring it as hard as he could every single night, every single day on the, on the basketball court and in practice. And they had never seen anybody as consistent with their performance as that guy. And that scared the hell out of all the other NBA players because the other NBA players had not really locked in this psychology of consistency every night. So they may, they may be tired one night or they may be stressed or maybe they had a fight with their wife or whatever, and it was totally affecting their game. Jordan would pick up on that and he would completely crush. He totally looked at the entire game as to how do I win this game based on what these guys are experiencing right now. And I don't remember who, who actually said this, but there was another, I think it was my Magic Johnson. He said, what people didn't realize about Jordan was that he was not playing the same game of basketball that everybody else was. He was playing from a completely different level of how does he come in here and consistently break everything down in order to be able to win. And I really love that you talked about the consistency part because I do think that people are always looking for that special, special trick or tip or system or something that is going to explode them in the world and they don't realize how patience and consistency and consistent learning in what they're doing to master their skill set uh, is, what, is what wins in the, in the long run. How did you, so when the company went under, right? What was your psychology around that when that company went under? What were, what were you thinking when it shut down? I mean, I had a pity party for like a day, you know? I was just like, oh, damn, like, wow. Like I have a BMW I have to pay for. This sucks. <laughs> um, and I didn't save any money. You know, I didn't save any money really because I'd spend it all on the team because I was young and I thought I had to, you know, like I felt obligated to like buy everything for everybody because yeah. I felt like that was part of the, the role as being a leader in direct sales. Wrong. 
what I did was I just, I called up the two most intelligent people that I knew in direct sales at the time that I looked up to the most that were well, like over my age and, and had more experience. And I said, what, what are you thinking? Like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm young. I'm 22 years old, 21 years old. Like I, you tell me what's going on. You know, I was looking for advice and that's what I did. I just, I just called up the people that I know that would probably direct me in the right direction. So you were able to pick it back up then pretty quick, right? Like you just, you moved from one thing to something else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Moved it to something else. And now we're back over where we were in that last business. And it's been better than ever. Again, it was a slow build, very, very slow build with the new business. Um, literally was making like under a thousand dollars a month for a year and a half, which was a very yeah. big ego check coming from where I was to then. Uh, but again, if you're consistent, you know, and it's interesting because my company is like an all girl company. I'm like, like mostly girls. I'm like one of the few guys. Uh, it recently has changed. But like, if you're consistent, you win, you know, you, like people don't understand like net, direct sales so much too. You can't like people get lucky. And then some people get so angry at those people that get lucky. They just build this scorn, right? They're like, oh yeah. man, if only I was like X, if only I was like her, you know, it's like, dude. She went to every event. She went, she did this for like 10 years prior to this. Like you have to deserve luck. You have to deserve it. Like if you put yourself in the right position to get lucky, you get lucky. I reach out to some super badasses to try to get them on my podcast. A lot of times they just don't ever respond to me. But every now and then I get lucky and I get one or two awesome humans. And it's like those people become friends and good opportunities come. So you got to shoot shots to get things to go in. That's why I always feel bad, man. When I, when I was in sports, I feel like I could have been so much better. I wasn't a shooter, like in lacrosse and, and high, I just, I didn't shoot enough. And I, I look back in my life like, yo, if I shot more, I don't know, maybe I could have been a better athlete. Do you ever think about that? Yeah. Well, you know, it, that it's true. Like you, what's the old saying? You miss a hundred percent of every shot you don't take. Right. So there is, there, there, you got to put in the reps and it's the same with, it's the same with sales. I remember when I first got started in sales, I was, I was doing that whole thing. Like, tell me the secret, tell me the trick. How do you know, how do I get these people to say yes? And, and this guy who was giving me advice, he said, listen, he said, you can, he said, I'm not knocking what you're asking. You could always get better at sales. You can always improve that game. He said, but when it comes down to it, you can never forget it's a numbers game. The more you make, the more you'll make. And that always stuck, you know, stuck in my mind. Um, instead of just going after like the one big thing and you don't get it and then you're all bummed out, he's like, you have to consistently go, go after it. And the other thing that he told me was never let one sale make you or break you because one sale doesn't make you or break you. It's all about putting in the reps and, and doing that. Yeah, and the other thing is, is make up in numbers what you lack in skill, you know? Sure. Yeah, that, that, that is very logical. That's, that's great. Where are you going now? What are you doing? What's, a, what's, on your, what's on your plate now? Yeah, so building out, you know, the network podcasting community, um, really working on, on building out a, a content machine system. Uh, obviously, you know, I have several other ventures that I'm working on, but that's probably like my golden eye of where I really want to be because, man, I just love helping people realize their potential. And I just think the podcasting platform is is the best for people to find their voice and to empower themselves. It's like when you start a podcast and you know this, 
you're basically making a commitment to the world being like, hey, I'm going to be consistent every single week. And people are going to hold you to that. And it's hard to be consistent in a podcast. It is. But if you are consistent long-term, the rewards will be endless. You'll become a better communicator. You'll become a better speaker. And communication is power in this world, in this society. If you can't communicate, you're going to have a very hard time even getting the gro- like getting the, the person that's, you know, the grocery store worker to, to give you the, the house discount, right? Like, <laughs> you know, like little things. So I, I just really want to build an amazing community that's really centered around this philosophy of it's a damn good day you know, uh, just living a life of optimism, like life's tough, man. You know, I've, I've suffered from like chronic nerve pain in my leg due to bulging discs and some other stuff. Um, I've had some really issues with my stomach. Like there's a lot of things. And, and I know people that have it 10 times worse. Life's freaking tough, dude. Like there's so many times where it's like, yo, this, this sucks. Like you wake up, you're like, yo, this, this just blows. And then if you can shift something in your brain, just look at the positives and things like, hey, but I don't have X, I don't have this, but I do have this. And you look at what you have and not what you don't have, your whole life will change. So I just want to tell everybody, it's a damn good day to have a damn good day. Start now, be positive. Stop just sitting around waiting for someone else to tell you, let this podcast be the time that you start your venture. Because guess what? There's people right now that are way less talented, way less skilled, way less qualified doing it just because they conquered that fear and started. So B minus work changes lives. Just start with B minus work. That's all. Do you ever, do you ever get days where it, maybe the pain in your leg or something is your stomach is messed up where it gets too overwhelming for you? And, and do you have a strategy around that for, for people? hundred percent. I mean, yeah, to take pain relievers, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Drug up. No, I mean, just have a support system. If, if you're having a really bad day, you know, find people that you can call and vent to. It's that simple. When someone's in your corner and can be in your ear and be like, Hey, like just talk, talk it out. It just helps so much. That's like the biggest thing. Just talk to your friends, talk to your family and, and always make a new plan. That is the number one thing I can give to people. There's never not hope. Always make a new plan. Because when you're on a plan, it's like uh, Jim Rome speaks this in the, um, what is his, his book? It's one of my favorite books I've ever, uh, I'll remember it in a second. The Art of Exceptional Living. Ah, yeah. When you make a plan and you're on a plan, it relieves stress, anxiety, everything. When I think that this isn't going to happen forever and I'm going to fix this and it's going to one day get better, my brain changes. My chemistry in my brain changes. I feel so much better. But when I think, wow, I've had this for X amount of years. This is like gonna, this is the rest of my life. I'm never going to be able to do A, B, C, and D again. I crumble. My brain just gets so sad and depressed. So you need to make a new plan. Find a new doctor. Find a new business partner. Find a new health program. And go on that program. Get on a new schedule. Your whole life, your whole brain will change. Does that make sense? I think that's, that's easily the best advice I can give on that. Yeah, yeah it, it does. You're not thinking about what you need to do. It's there. You know what you need to do. Right? It, that, that's already taken care of. So if your mind is going off in some other direction because something's going on in your life, you've got that plan in front of you. It tells you what to do every single day or the strategy around your, your business or your life or your marriage or whatever you're doing. 
So I think that's, that's, that is absolutely fantastic. Um, one more question. When, when you are, when you're, when you're working toward a goal, do you visualize the end result? Are you a visualizer? Is that something that you practice? Definitely. I, I'm you not do? like, I'm not like hardcore with it, but I, I just think about the excitement I'm going to feel when I accomplish it. But honestly, you know, I know it drives me. It's not as much visualization. It's fear of failure, fear of not living up to my potential. Okay. That's what drives me. Like the worst day in my life would be meeting the Len Jones that didn't like, wasn't scared to talk to the, the beautiful girl or to go and talk to the badass prospect yeah. or, to, or to go and find a, a better doctor. You know, the person that wasn't scared to conquer their fear, like meeting that person and that version of me and having to live with that. That's, That's what awesome. drives me, you know? That is absolutely fantastic. Where can people learn more about you? Where can we get a hold of you? What do you got out there? Man, first of all, I want to say thank you for, for having me on the show. Uh, this is awesome. I can't wait to have you on our podcast. It's going to be great. Looking forward I, to it. You can, you can find me at Len Jones, L-E-N-J-O-N-E-S-S, Len Jones. And if you guys have any interest in podcasting or just learning more about that world, you can go to uh, Network podcasting.com like network marketing but network podcasting and uh you can learn more there but again thank you so much for hopping on this we're, we're just getting started man it's gonna be a great couple of years yeah at 100 and listen everybody you've got to check out this guy's podcast len jones party of two it's amazing he as you can see he's got fantastic energy he's a great communicator he has amazing guests and he really brings out great insights in all of his guests I can't recommend it enough. So check it out as soon as you can. I think you guys are going to love it, man. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Um, you know, I wish you all the best success in the world, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm, we're, we're friends now, so we're going to be talking all the time. I can't wait. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Have a great day. We'll see you. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.